Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Hour. I'm Dr. Mystery, your host, here with my co-host Donna Lee. Hello, Dr. Mystery. The effervescent Donna Lee. That's right, the bubbly and super funny Donna Lee. And unlike most weeks, this time we have guests. Yay! Finally. A special guest finally, and a recurring Out of partner. corona quarantine. <laughs> finally, we feel comfortable recording next to each That's other. That's right. Uh, we're joined by uh, our newest partner, Dr. Lucas Giacomides. Welcome back, Lucas. Thank you so much. Great to be here in full... PPE. Does it feel <laughs> Does it feel pretty good being back to work a little bit? A little bit, yes. It's yes. great to be back. That's right. You know, we, we've been called essential workers. Yes, mm-hmm. just yes. like the essential people, the red-shirted people from Star Trek. I That's find. right. We, we, we are essential. <laughs> we're, the, we're the first ones to be sacrificed, I guess. Huh? Right, right. That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> Sacrifice for you, all our loved ones out there. That's right. That's right. I am a board-certified urologist. So is Dr. Giacomides, and Donna's just board-certified. I'm just a board-certified co-host. That's right. She's That's board right. and she's certified. We have That's an right. award right. that I brought to the studio. Oh, my Lord. Excellence Excellent in radio. podcasting. Excellent. That's Thank right. you very much. You're welcome. We have um, been very fortunate to bring you this show for almost a year. It is a show that's dedicated towards men's health issues and other health issues that affect men, and really here to showcase kind of the amazing holistic practice of urology that, that I think that we are able to provide citizens of Austin and throughout Texas. And we have lots of partners out there that are physician partners, you know? Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of them on the show, but we have. lately it's just been you and me. I know. Yucking it up. Uh, and Lucas, I think you'll agree that uh, having a really important or stable of referring doctors that can help us co-manage patients has been a really important part of our success. I think it's very important to let people know that we're open it's safe. It's okay to come back. And I think this this uh, quarantine and this uh, crisis is, uh, can be much more amplified tragically if people don't get the routine care they need. So we're, Absolutely. we're glad to keep it going. Uh, I think last week we talked about how cancer diagnoses cardiovascular disease diagnoses and other kind of health concerns have been uh, drastically undertreated during this uh, corona quarantine, and I'm really not looking forward to what the health effects of our society are going to be. Prostate cancer is a really good example of, of what we treat, and uh, today we're joined by one of our great physician referral partners, Dr. Douglas Rivera from Austin Cancer Center. Yay. Welcome, Doug. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, well, thank you. It is not known by a lot of our patients what a radiation oncologist does. I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, your education and kind of what the scope of a radiation oncologist is. Well, we really don't do too much. I don't, it's, this will be a short talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very save much. Save lives. <laughs> Just save lives. Yeah. So radiation oncology is, is a, it's oncology uh, specialty, so we treat cancer patients, um, but radiation in particular is this modality when using x-rays to treat prostate cancer, or any other cancer for that matter. I, I trained in Nevada, did medicine in, at Columbia University, and then I did my radiation oncology training at, at Duke University prior to moving to Austin a number of years ago, about 15 years ago, and been here in practice ever since. Columbia and Duke, that doesn't sound like Baylor College of Medicine, does that? Stop. <laughs> Are, are those accredited universities then, Stop both it. of them? Uh, not really, because they're barely. back east. Okay, well, that's right. <laughs> not in east Texas, Coast. they're really not that good. You and Baylor. Yeah, oh. you know. <laughs> you have to support the home team. By the way, I don't. Y'all can't see Doctor Rivera on the radio, but I've been watching a lot of Ozark um, on uh, Netflix lately. Have you been watching that? I've heard about it. Uh, you are. You should watch it. You very much look like the assassin Nelson from Ozark. I, I can't help but notice that. That's I, funny. Well, that's so. yeah, I can see that's that. comforting. <laughs> <laughs> but don't let those people dissuade you. If you go see Doctor Rivera, he's not out to kill you. He's out to help you. Out to cure you. And your cancer. And you're part of a, a very large cancer group here in town called. 
called Austin Cancer Center. Uh, why don't you tell us about Austin Cancer Center? Yeah, so Austin Cancer Center has been around for a few decades now, but uh, we're a multi-specialty group comprised of medical oncologists, which do the you know drugs, systemic treatment. We talk about that stuff that goes through the IV or pills for our cancer. Uh, the radiation oncologists ourselves. Um, then we have a few other specialists, a neuro-oncologist who kind of specializes in that, and then uh, also gynecologic oncology for uh, cervical and other uh, female malignancies, and then also have some breast surgeons. You know, when, when we're talking about cancer treatments with patients, it's a ton of bricks that land on them the moment that we are, I guess, given the task of diagnosing them with cancer. As we go through our choices for treatment, uh, a lot of them, a lot of our patients kind of default back to this idea that, you know, cancer control is either cutting, burning, or poisoning. None of these things sound great because we're all, all just trying to treat, right? We're trying to cure and trying to solve a problem. And we've been given these different tools. And I think a lot of people come when they hear about radiation treatments, they come with a lot of baggage when it comes to understanding what they're going to experience. Uh, maybe you could give us some background on, you know, historically, how did we know that radiation kills cancer, and what are some of the big successes in terms of treatment that radiation uh, allows for? Well, it goes back a long time. Actually, Matt and Curie, and back in the you know, earliest part of the uh, 20th century, first started using radiation. So actually, it was dermatologists actually used uh, radiation to treat skin cancers. Wow. Uh, since then, you know, obviously the advent of computers, uh, good imaging, you know, being able to kind of get to deep body sources um, much easier, and there's been a, a lot of, you know, improvements in technology really allow us to do what we do I and mean, what we couldn't have done what we're doing now you know clearly 20 years ago or, or longer the one thing i get for a lot of folks is they they say hey if we treat my prostate with with radiation is this going to melt away right it's really not like that it's actually an organ preserving type of treatment and i kind of uh, use the analogy of when we treat uh, anal cancer which used to be a surgical thing uh, that's now basically radiation with a little bit of sensitizing chemotherapy because the idea is you want to preserve the rectum i mean everyone wants to you know, poop, keep yeah. that. Yeah, I want to poop normally, right? <laughs> Not with right. a bag. So that's really changed that. Uh, same is true for head and neck things, and also even even brain tumors. Um, you know, you know, can do treat those things without melting the brain away. And so what I tell folks, if you get you know prostate radiation, at least you know if you were to get imaging, you know, a year later, for example, they would not necessarily be know that you had radiation. Your prostate would still still be there. The way that works is that radiation, you know, goes in there and in a perfect world, selectively kills the cancer cells and, and doesn't harm the normal cells. Um, it was thought that that was because the radiation, you know, hurt the DNA of those cells. But we also know now, and I think this is something over the last couple of years, there is also an immunologic component to that. And that's something that's kind of the kind of most interesting thing that we're starting to see over the last two or three years. Um, so we think there's a couple different ways of why that works so the, well. The organ preserving aspects of radiation, I think, are really key for people to understand. It, it's not going to leave like a huge cavity inside your body. I, I, I've really been fascinated just over the last 20 years of practicing medicine, how different radiation looks today than it looked for our parents or you know our, our medical predecessors. You're not just standing in front of a big ray gun that's just shooting at you, right? Uh, that's right. I, I think... <laughs> Could you, though, if you wanted? <laughs> you could. Uh, it sounds like a party. You could definitely uh, do something like that. But the way we're using it now, what, what makes it so special is that every day we're taking a picture of that prostate, you know, getting it lined up within a millimeter every single day, and then delivering this very focal treatment. Um, you know, it can be very, very precise. In fact, in some things, when we're treating, some, there's a modality called CyberKnife that we use. You know, we're treating a, a four-millimeter area. I mean, it's, it can be that, that targeted. Uh, in general, with prostate radiation, at least 
least today, you know, we treat it similarly to prostatectomy in a sense that we're trying to treat the whole gland. You know, it's amazing, like you brought up, I mean, 50 years ago and all these disasters with cobalt radiation, and people tend to think about uh, anecdotally what did so-and-so have and how bad they did if they remember what their dad had. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that's part of the whole concept of, you know, taking the vision of a plutonium rod out of someone's head and saying, we're going to be precise, we're going to do just this organ and only within millimeters of your tumor. I mean, that's certainly what people are seeking right now. Because certainly when we get the diagnosis out to people, it's an overwhelming, like, I feel fine. There's nothing wrong with me for prostate cancer specifically. And now you tell me I have this horrible cancer and I need to get it treated. And, you know, it's a question of what now? And, you know, like you need to get this out versus you, you need to get radiation. It's certainly a, a quandary what to tell people. So radiation is, you know, absolutely an amazing evolving technology when it comes to treating cancers. People still come with baggage about what radiation does to people. Maybe you could speak to, I guess, specifically the development of other cancers. So, you know, in our in our minds, when you're exposed to radiation, this is not necessarily a cancer curative issue in some people's minds, but maybe may a cancer causing issue. But we haven't seen a tremendous amount of secondary cancers from radiation therapy. And uh, I guess maybe you could talk about how concerned should people be about those kinds of things? Yeah, it, it is a concern. I think Particularly for folks that are that are younger, um, we certainly know in kids and developing uh, young adults, uh, because the risk of developing is 50, 60 years, that's more of a concern. Even then, the rates are very, very low. We don't typically talk about it in the group of patients that are either having bladder cancer or prostate cancer. Because they're older. Because they're older, yeah. So the uh, not only are, are we much better now at keeping things very focused, I mean, we used to treat almost the whole body sometimes with some of these areas, you know, start uh, lymphoma is a very classic one where you treat from the neck all the way down into the pelvis, and that's a huge area. So a component of second malignancy, as they call it, getting a cancer later on from radiation would be how much area you're treating um, and also the doses and things. And so things are, are fairly targeted now, you know, very little areas, um, a lot less radiation for to surrounding tissues. So that's really driven that down. Um, and then also, you know, because most people don't have 60 years ahead of them, oftentimes, you know, they don't really manifest anything. Well, that's a, a great discussion. Thanks a lot, uh, Doug, for, for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have you back for another segment where we talk specifically about prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donna, do we have any time to tell people how to get a hold of us? No. <laughs> Call us during the week at 512-238-0762. We'll be right back. The Armor Men's Health Hour will be right back. If you have questions for Dr. Mystery, email him at armormenshealth at gmail.com. 